Faith, hope, and love, we've been looking at over the last sort of three or four months, and the message or the new theme is still contained in this, along with know God, the love God, and people, bride of Christ, reign of Christ. You can just say it's Jesus. So everything we speak to here is going into know God, love God and people, bride of Christ, the reign of Christ. Okay, Everything you hear, it's connected to Jesus because in Christ are all those things. So we're going to look at, for the next few months, Christ in us, in you, the hope of glory. This is going to be the theme that you connect everything to, but then you connect it back to know God, love God and people, the bride of Christ, reign of Christ, faith, hope and love. Jesus. Clear? Because every precept is building upon itself. Jesus is the complete work of God. He's the exact representation of the Father on the earth. He said, I is the image, the perfect representation of God. And if you want to know anything, it's found in me. So you can pull bits out of Christ, like love, joy, peace, the millennial reign, the bride of Christ, but it all comes back to the person Jesus Christ. That's why if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to grow and mature and develop into the fullness of Christ. So any question you have or have ever asked is found in the person. And it is the role of the Holy Spirit to reveal every question you have about God. Simple. Tracking so far. Right. So, what you're about to hear today, do not let it make you shrink back, all right? So, I'm going to start right from the outset. What you're about to hear, don't let it make you feel that big. Don't let it make you shrink back. Move towards it. Have a mindset that says, is that for me? Is that the life you brought, came to bring me into? Really? Yes. Don't let your mind say, no, that's not true, or it's for the person beside me, but not for me, because all these lies will keep you where you are today, maybe, and out of what is for you, all right? God wants to bring us into literally Christ in us, the hope of glory. That is not just Sprinkle me in the Spirit. That is not just I receive the Spirit one day. Okay? The Bible uses words as deposit for the inheritance. And then you see words like this, the fullness of God in the church. Have you ever asked what that means? Have you ever stopped and gone, yeah, it sounds like a nice words on plaques or something we put at the back or something that we say, but I don't have a clue what it really means. What is that? to be experienced. What is that to be known? Christ in you is the hope of glory. So we're going to rip that apart over the next few months. And everyone you hear is either going to speak to the vision, the picture of that, or the process of the building of that. Okay. And so be intentional. Don't miss any of this. If you physically can't be here, get online. Eat it. Drink it. Now, we've been saying this forever because everything we've been speaking is His Word. So we are to be partakers of the Word, yes? If you didn't eat physical food for a month, 
What do you think you'd look like? <laughs> Some of you might be going, I might try that. <laughs> if we didn't eat physical food from now on, we would not be here, would we? We would die, eventually die. So what do you think it's like if we're not eating spiritual mana? Do you think you're going to come into the life you were called for if you're not eating the right food source that creates that life? No. You will be and have Groundhog Day. Or you will just stay where you've always been. But those that partake, what does it mean to partake of Christ? Who had breakfast this morning? Physical, cereal, toast, coffee. You partook, didn't you? You think, how do you explain what Christ in you feels like, is to be like? And he keeps coming back to food. He says, tell them it's like when they're hungry and they eat food and they're no longer hungry and they're full, that's what it's like. Especially that bit where you want to throw up because you've had too much. That's called overflowing in Christ. It's where Christ gets onto other people. Come on, let's have a bit of humor. Everyone takes me so serious. It's way too serious. When I said the Holy Spirit was a virus and someone had got so upset with me. Holy Spirit's not a virus. It's not a virus. I'm like, really? You hear the metaphors? It's contagious. (laughs) Now, you're not allowed to add to it because then we go somewhere really silly. He said it's like eating food because that's what we do all the time. And we eat and then we're what? Satisfied. And then you're content. And then you're at rest. Anyone get angry when they need food? Hangry? (laughs) Gotta have a chocolate bar handy, something to rush, like gotta... Otherwise, everyone's going to get it. You see, when you eat, there's a sense of calmness, sense of peace, sense of be stilling. There's a confidence, there's an assuredness, there's a strength. You see, this is what it's like to have Christ literally being built in you. The thing is, is with natural food, you become hungrier. And you go back to that place of weakness. In Christ, it just goes from strength to strength to strength. To strength. You see, what you're partaking of doesn't go away. It just builds in you to the point where it's coming out of you. Christ comes out of you and is overflowing. And so then the Bible, Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me. And if you're hungry, come to me because you'll never be what? And you'll never be. So if you partake of me, you'll never be hungry and you'll never be thirsty, but you'll want more of me. That's an interesting kingdom dynamic, isn't it? More of him creates more wanting of him. You can't get enough of him, but you're not empty. So you're full, overflowing, but you want more. And you're not empty, you're full. Which is very different to what it is physically, isn't it? That's why Jesus said it's what comes out of the heart of a man that you have to be aware of, not how he dresses. So stop polishing the outer side of the cup and the dish and allow me to come and build the inside. You see, the primary purpose of God, the primary purpose is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The secondary purpose of God is Christ through us. 
Number one, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Number two, Christ through us is the secondary. Here's our issue. The church is taught secondary as the primary. You got a gift, you got a calling, let's get out there and change the world. Is it right? Yes. Is it of him? Yes, when it's led and empowered by him and the flow of him, absolutely. Is it the first place position? No. So it doesn't mean we stop trying to get out there and preach the gospel and operate in our gift and share getting people to a gathering. But what it does mean is we have to look and ask a question, the power of the ask, and say, am I in this overflowing love of God? Is it coming in me, out of me? I am a pillar. If a torrential storm hit right now and we all got a phone call to say our greatest love died, would that take the house out? Would that storm smack take the house out? I'm not saying you wouldn't be upset. I'm not saying, but would you start going, God's a liar. I don't trust God anymore. I'm not living for God. Why? Because I love that person. That person's gone. And that takes you to a place where your house is demolished. Are we tracking with me? Matthew 7. Okay. The man who built his house on rock stood when the torrents come. The man who built his house on the sand got taken out. You see, there is a reality and a actualization in God to be known in us. It's called Christ in us, literally, the hope of glory. See, the problem is we look at Jesus, and because we're so functional, because we may not have been brought into God's primary posture in a way that changes us, we just see what he did, we take the scriptures about doing, and then we run off. And God's like going, the problem is, that you can't actually see the position my son was in when he came. So you can't see the position of in him. You All you see is the position coming out of him, through him. And so you think it's just about doing and doing and doing, and it is. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds, but there's a place that doing comes from. There's a life that's separate to the doing that the church is to experience and know and come into within her. So she can stand and just be love without doing love or having to demonstrate love. She just is love. She's one with the Father, not because she all sings off the same hymn book, but because she's come into God. And so oneness is just a state of being. It's a posture of being before it's a demonstration. You see, this Christ in us is the hope that's going to fill the earth to bring you back to glory because you've fallen out of your state of glory. You're not just mere human beings on this earth to live for 80 years and then die and then fly around on clouds playing flutes and stuff. There is a purpose and a plan, and it's exquisite, and it's massive, and it's intricate, and it requires a seeking and an asking and an intentional pursuit, because I have pursued you with everything I have to give you all things. 
but I won't give that to the one who's just living for themselves. I wait until they turn and start asking and seeking and knocking who are willing to turn from their life and stop asking me to bless their life and they want to be a blessing of my life. Will we bless his ministry rather than ask him to bless what we think is ours, which is actually his? That's the challenge because we've been taught that it's our role to go win the world. And so we set out on this pursuit. And when the pressures come, and when you're asked to live above your humanity, you're found out. Because your humanity comes out. And your humanity can't live the standard of the kingdom. Because it doesn't even know it. There has to be this work of the word built in you so you can love as you're commanded to love. I just want to read you this out of a book called The Harvest, which is read by Rick Joyner. He wrote this years ago. It's a prophetic declaration. I've underlined so much in this book. It's been so amazing to eat it, and I'm onto it twice. Many have come to know the way. A few more go on to know truth, but not many come to know Jesus as their life, and that is what he came to give us. The way is not a path or a formula, but a person. The truth is not an acknowledgement of certain biblical and spiritual facts. Truth is a person. We do not know the true way or the truth if we do not also know him as our life. Christianity is not an assimilation of an, or an agreement with certain principles and facts. It is a relationship. That relationship alone can prepare us for what is to come, regardless of how accurately we may foresee the future. That's funny, isn't it? Everyone trying to figure out when, not why. The only escape from the judgment is to be found in Christ. The most accurate knowledge about truth or coming events will not help us if we are not abiding in Him. One of the great failures of historic Christianity has been the tendency to substitute rituals for reality, form for substance, concepts and formulas for life. We must each determine to cultivate a relationship with the Lord that is real and profound a relationship that is the consuming and undivided concentration of our hearts. See, nothing short of that is him. Here's a vision for us. And I don't mean something we're going to do, but who we're going to become more and more. Becoming literally Christ-like because of the Christ life built in us. Can you see that? I mean, see it through the power of revelation. See, so often vision has become something that just gets written up. And everyone goes, well, I'm going to do that. And that's where oneness. I'm talking about sight. Vision is sight. I'm not sure where we ever confused it. But vision is the ability to see as the Father says. 
And because I can see as the Father says, and I receive that into me, then that power of that revealed word goes to work in me, and my life just naturally aligns to what I've seen. I don't try to become it. I receive it, which makes means I become it. Then I start living out who I already am. It's completely opposite to trying to do it. Here's a vision, we're going to do it. No, no, here's the vision. I receive it through the power of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. He reveals it in me. He renews my mind to it. Now I just naturally turn this way and start living for it because I can see it. So can you see Christ literally being formed in you? Receive it and then allow him to complete the work that he started the day he came into you. For he promises you that he will finish the work that he started. If it's a finished work, why is he going to finish the work he started? Ever asked yourself that? Oh, it's already a done deal. Yes, and you're becoming what is a done deal. So easy just to say, yes, it's all done, and then there's nothing. But the goal is the ability to live as Christ lived. That's how we know if Christ literally is being formed in us, being built in us. Paul said what? In Galatians 4.19, I am in labor again so Christ can be formed in you. See, when you're in birth, you birth a baby, don't you, ladies? And this pain, and there's the process, but there's a birthing, and there is life after the birth. And we have to go through what we go through to get that new life into the earth. It's no different in God. There's a birthing, it's on the inside, and that new birthing of life will come out in a demonstration. But the baby doesn't try and get itself out. The mum pushes, and there's a cooperation and the baby is born. Then the baby gets out and starts living and says, right, now there's a new food source because I was getting fed in the womb, but now I'm looking for milk and I know I need it. The baby didn't go to baby school to learn it needed milk. It comes out looking, where are you? Smells and then attaches to the breast and we're away. Who taught that? The baby knew. And the genuine work of the Spirit does this work in us so we're able to live like Christ lived. And I don't mean just signs and wonders. I mean from the place that was in his heart and his mind. He didn't know lack. He didn't know nothingness. He didn't know the things that we struggle with. He wants to bring us into that. Can you believe that? Will your mind let you believe that? Don't let your experience or what you feel determine whether that's true or not. Let the truth, let the Spirit reveal it. If you're struggling right now to believe that, that's okay. But don't stay there. Take it to Him. Ask, seek, and not. What were the words of that song? I'm going to smash every mindset to bring you into this. But my heart is that you would know this living reality of Christ in you, the hope of glory.
In my book or his book, I wrote chapter four, The Indestructible Life in Christ. Have you eaten that? It's been sitting there for a year and a half for you to eat. So what I'm preaching on today has been available from my perspective for a year and a half. It's called The Indestructible Life in Christ. It's not in me and it's not in you. You don't find this life in yourself or in anyone else. It's in Christ and it's in indestructible. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word won't. That word's in you. Do you think that's indestructible? Yes. He's from the kingdom of Melchizedek, which is the order of the indestructible life in Christ. I want to remind you where Christ is. Seated at the heavenly father in the church. All at the same time. Wanting to build himself in the church, not in a building, in the people. Yeah? Tracking? We're seeing with vision the picture. Can you see yourself at a greater reality, the Christ in you? What do you look like? What do you sound like? What do you think you're experiencing? What does your morning start like having this measure of this indestructible life in you? How does it define every relationship? How does it define your marriage if you're married? How does it define your singleness if you're single? How does it define every friendship? How does it define your work life? How does it define going to the groceries? How does it define sharing with people? How does this Christ in you, the hope of glory, define your life every day? Does it? Now, it will, and it's supposed to because he wants himself in us to the fullest measure And it's an indestructible life because it's not of the earth. It is eternal. And eternal life, which is Christ, is of the eternal heaven on earth. It's not attached to earth. It's not of the earth. It's of another world called the kingdom of God. So nothing here rocks it because it's not attached to it. When the earth collapses, this thing is attached to this earth. Tracking with me? This in you creates indestructibleness. That's where the hope comes from. So the God of hope fills you with all hope to be hope to a people that are attached to the world that are crumbling and crushing. We're not of that world. We're of this world. We're not of that realm. We're of this realm. And his word, partake of me, the son, the word of God, not a book, not words on a book, the person, I am the truth. I'm not process and principles. I'm a person. I'm the way. I'm not a process. I'm a person. It's my life in your life. The completed work, Romans 8. Let's go there. We're very quiet. Is this all right? Woo, tell you. This is what life with him just looks like. It's awesome. It's hard to contain. You're like a nutter. But you don't care. <laughs> okay, ready? Romans 8, 28. We know the scripture well. And we know that God causes all things. Everyone say all things to work together for good to those who love God. Here's the challenge. You must have come into 
this love of God to see all things as good. That makes sense? You must have come into the love of God to see all things as good. Is, is it good if someone dies? Is it good if someone hurts themselves? Is it good? Is it good if I lose my job? Is it good? All these things he's saying are good. God works, what does he say? God causes all things to work for good for those who love him. You see, those who love him see the bad through another lens. And they go, what can I come into through the bad thing? What am I to learn through the circumstance and the situation that's happening either to me or to someone I love? How do I see it? Do I see it as negative and just as whole and life all of a sudden my head's here? Or do I look up and I say, Father, I don't understand and I'm in pain and this hurts, but help me to see as you see and keep my eyes on you so this thing doesn't take me out, but I overcome it in you because you're the overcomer and you overcame everything that I would overcome. So God allows things to happen, and if we have the right perspective, He will take something that's bad and evil and a disaster, and He will turn it for good. And through that process of the crushing and the pressing, there is a new wine, and there is a new power that's formed in the church, in my heart and my mind, that goes, wow, now that I have something to compare it to, that was momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that is being built within me to live above the earth and to see trials and tribulations through the lens of heaven which enables me to stay above the earth anchored in the eternal Christ in me is greater than what's outside of me do you want that life you can have it it's freely given how hungry are we how thirsty, really. Ask him and he'll show you. And then let him work with you. That's just one. He then says this. To those who are called according to his purpose. So we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. To those, that was number one. Number two, to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, his purpose, when you understand his purpose, defines now. It defines everything. You see, as he opens to see his purpose, that's momentary light affliction. That's what he went through. The cross was, was that momentary light affliction? Yeah, compared to the joy that was in him. See the reality we can know? It defines everything. It almost can sound out of this world. It is. It's not attached to this world. It's attached to the kingdom. To have something so powerfully called Jesus Christ being formed in you that defines, and I please hear me, I'm not trying to be cold-hearted. I'm trying to bring us or preach us into the fullness of what's possible because otherwise we'll just think, oh, that's impossible, and oh, that's, mm, doesn't understand, and you know, No, I understand. I've been through pain. I've had a broken heart. I know what pain feels like. But I know the one that came and healed that and set me upon a rock and said, I don't want you to go back there. I want you to live above the mountain. I don't want your feet to touch the mountain. I want you to live above the mountain. And this has been my journey for the last 19 years of just allowing God to build his church, build me into the image of the Son.
which is what we're about to get to. So God causes all things to work together for those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew. Oh, man. He foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. So that he, Jesus, would become the firstborn among many, what? Brethren. So Jesus is our brother? Yes. He's our Lord, our master, our groom, and he's our brother. What for? To show you what a brother in Christ is to come into. To show you what a son, like the son, he's a prototype for us to show us what's possible. If my Christ, God the Father, is in you, He's God the Father saying to us, then you'll live like your brother. For you'll be my son, like he was my son. He is the firstborn. He's the prototype to show you what you're to be like. Man, if we're not getting excited about this, I don't know. He predestined. He also called. Listen to the he's. He predestined, he called, he called, he justified, he justified, he glorified. What part of I in that? Zero. Apart from ask, seek, and knock, and go after everything that has just been read. Through the power of his spirit. Not through my flesh, not through my ability or strength. That's weakness in the eyes of God. That's stupidity. But through surrendering that life, positioning myself and saying, Father, I'm here, fill me as I pursue you. I pursued Danielle with all I had, but it's nowhere near as great as pursuing the Father. And this is fully possible. He foreknew. I want you to hold that thought, okay? Let's go to Ephesians. And you may need to go back and you may need to listen to this again because there is a pattern being preached today. There is an image being declared, and we are to see what is in the words. If we don't see what's in this, we don't know it, okay? It's about seeing as the Father says. So if we're not getting revelation, we're not getting anything outside of maybe factual information, principles and facts. But what did I say? Jesus is not a principle. He's not a fact. He's a person, Now, the principle can lead you to the person, but he's not a principle. He's a person, and the life is in the person, okay? So Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, in the Spirit. So we're blessed with everything spiritual in the heavenly places, which is it where? In the sun. All right. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in Christ before this earth began. What for? That you would be holy and blameless before him In love, he predestined, there's that word again, us to adoption 
as sons through Jesus Christ, there's that word sons, brothers of Christ, but it's through Jesus, to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Everything in God is prophetic, which means he speaks of the future that can be known. Okay? So God speaks future, and the church is to know the future, which means the future is our now. And we're living the future life now. Because before the foundations of the world, you were chosen. Can you see that? Can you see the end? Your name, if you're in Christ, was written in the book of life before the foundations of the world. Can you see that? Can you at least hear the information of what I'm delivering to you? So if you have already been complete and finished in Christ, and it's a done deal because you receive Christ here, but it's really here, and how is that impacting your life? See, prophetically, God started before the foundation of the world. Over this side, it was already completed. He then breathed life, and life began in an alignment to the finished picture. So he says, before life began, you were at the end, but you were really at the beginning with me. If we can capture this, it'll radically change your life because why would you worry about your life if you knew your life was already sorted? You wouldn't because you know where you end up. Isaiah 46, I am the God who prophesies the end from the beginning. Why do I do that? So my people will know how it all finishes, what's finished, so that when they start, they can walk with the end in mind. Oh, that lie, that's not who I am. That lie, that's not who I am. That's who I am, and I can see it, so I'm just living out who I am. For I am chosen before the foundation of the world, here, to be holy and blameless. So by the time I arrive here, I've worked out with Christ my faith, and I am the thing that said I was at the start. Why? Because he promised to finish the work he started when he called me at 29. So he called me at 29, but I'd actually already was when I was zero before my mum and dad even got it together and conceived me. For he knows every hair on my head before there ever was one. That's where you find your identity. Now, what would that look like if the church started her life there and then started to walk out with Christ? Christ in us, the hope of glory, would be demonstrated in a way that the earth is still waiting for it to see because the church knows who she is. She knows who he is, and she knows who she is, and she's receiving this manna from the place of eternal, from the sun, daily. And so she just lives out who she was and is before she began. That's not our reality, though, is it? I didn't know who I was when he came to me. 
I didn't know of all the stuff I'm talking about when he came. He's revealed that as I've walked closely with him. For he said, I've given all things freely to you to know all that is prepared for you, Greg. And if you walk with me, I'm just going to give it to you because I long to give it to you, to reveal it to you. But you can't learn it. You can't study it. You can't intellectualize it. I have to put it in you for I give it to you. Then you're able to live as you are. Not defining your purpose through what you do or your function, remember, through me, but you'll define who you are in me, for you've come into the primary posture, which is Christ in you. And so if Christ is in me and I'm in Christ, what am I going to know? Everything. And so I'm coming into the realization of who I am Precept upon precept upon precept upon precept. What is it to be an heir and to live like a slave? Isn't that what Mel said the other week? Galatians 4. What would it be to be an heir of a kingdom but to live like a slave when I'm the son? And to never know you're the son, so your whole life is lived like a slave. But I'm to be a slave to Christ. And that is not a slave like we think. That is a bondservant, a free man who with his will gives back to Christ his life. Wow. Let me read this to you. Biblical prophecy foretells the future, the end, but the future is to be realized now, today. You see, we have limited prophecy down to, let me say this, Steve McCracken coming and giving us an individual word about feeding the poor in Cambodia five years' time. Is that prophecy? Yes, because it's declaring the future now. And we receive that now, and it goes to work in us. But that is a microcosm of what true biblical prophecy is. True biblical prophecy is declaring the will of God and God's plans, which are contained in His Scriptures. And it takes men and women who can see what's in the Scriptures and they declare with their mouth, because the Word is spoken, into the atmosphere the prophetic reality for the church that's found in the Christ. Everything in God to the revelation one carries it then gets declared into the earth. So every week you come here, you're getting prophecy. Every week. I hope in, in small groups, the subject you're getting prophecy. When we come on a Wednesday, now at 9 o'clock we pray, it's prophetic. We are prophesying. We are declaring the reality that's in God to the God we know in us, and we speak it. It's visionary. It's where hope is found in Him. Is that tracking? So when I say to you, you were created before the foundations of the earth to be holy and blameless. Have you come into the revelation, the prophetic word yet of that, not in your head, in your spirit, and your mind gets renewed so you go, I'm no longer living as a slave. I'm no longer saying, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. I say, I am this, I am this, I am this. And I don't try to create that life. I've received that life, and I just live it out. So what comes out of me is an innate response of Christ, because Christ in me is the hope of glory. I need to take a breath. Okay, last scripture. Ephesians, uh, sorry, Colossians 1. 
Colossians 1 verses 13. As I read this, you're going to see 11 things come up one by one of him. And I want you to take note of what he has accomplished. Okay, Because the Bible says in Hebrews that all of God's works were finished before the foundation of the world. From. Okay. This is how amazing Christ is. This is why he's not a principle. He's not a process. You're going to hear the person and what the person is and has done. Colossians 1.13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You and I were rescued. You did not get yourself out of the mire. You were permanently in bondage to yourself and your sin and your iniquity. And he came, the word, and rescued you and me from the domain of darkness that was in me and that I was born into. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. There's the son again. Are you hearing, brother, son, prototype, Christ in us? predestined before the foundation of the world to for he foreknew us to be conformed into the image have that image being formed in me so he had to rescue you out of yourself didn't he for this work to be done this is the start guys the church has made this the end let's get everyone across the line and then we go back out and we don't come into what i'm about to share with you we get stuck at the cross cross is awesome. It empowers. Without the cross, we can't have this life, but we don't get stuck at the cross. We don't pitch a tent at the cross. We don't make it our pursuit. Our primary pursuit is not lost people. It's to come into this life because lost people need to see a church that has Christ in them, the hope of glory. And the Bible says they will be drawn to that light like moths are drawn to a light and they will know Jesus was sent for them. Those people, while that is happening, are in the ministry of reconciliation and they are sharing the true testimony that Jesus is doing in their lives. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? What Jesus has accomplished before the foundations of the world, everything, the true testimony of what he's done, not just saving me from my son, That's part of it. The whole thing he has finished before the foundation of the world is the spirit in which one talks about the testimony. So when one speaks, they're speaking from the knowledge of what he has done. That is the spirit of prophecy. That's why a man and a woman is not to speak anything that's not revealed from that place, not just what they think or their own knowledge through studying words, but revelation, the utterances of heaven, Peter said, is the place we speak from. A man cannot speak of things unless it's revealed. He said that to John from heaven. Jesus said, my spirit is to be your teacher. I would even teach is not of me, it's of my father. So the spirit, so he rescues us to become like Christ. Christ in us, flowing out of us with everything is the hope of glory. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Hebrew said he's the exact representation. So he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
Firstborns again. First fruits. Who's to be first fruits? Us. So he was the first brother to bring brothers to glory. For by him, listen to this, Christ, all things were created. Say all things. All things. Nothing you have is of you. Nothing you have is of you. Man, we hold on to it like it's ours. Both in the heavens and on the earth. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible. What is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18? We don't live by what we see in the physical. We live by what we see in the eternal. For the things that Christ has made on the physical and in the eternal, that's where we're to see from and eat from. Okay? Um, Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Now, what did Ephesians say? I have been what? Made where? In him. You are in him, have been made in him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. (laughs) Can you hear indestructible life? If what you're hearing is in us, all things are created through and for him. All things come through him. Where's Christ? In the church. Take your best shot, man. Have a go. Put a bullet through it. Who cares? I know I don't die when I die. I live forever. What are you going to do to me? Say bad things? Who cares? Lie? Who cares? Take your best shot. Why? Because my life isn't attached to what you say or think. My life isn't anchored in this world. My life is anchored in the Christ. And the Christ is irremovable, irreshakable. You can't move. It's the unshakable kingdom. I've got the armor on. It's called Jesus Christ. Take your best hit. Ping. Ping. And even if you put a bullet in it, I'll get back up because this is just the carcass I'm living in. Christ in us, the hope of glory, becomes your armor. It's not this thing where you put your helmet on and you put your thing on and you go out and trip up and, oh, what happened there? Someone said something bad about me. And my flesh came manifesting out. But you had your armor on. How did that happen? Because you went through a physical process which isn't spiritual instead of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ just come out of you because you had your helmet of salvation on so your mind can't get hit and you had your breastplate of faith on so your heart can't get hit. And Jesus said, make sure you guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life so nothing bad comes out of it, only me. Because I'm reading about a Jesus that is in all things. He's before all things. He started all things. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in himself, he himself will come to have first place in everything. The question is, is Jesus first place in my heart? Christ in me, the hope of glory. He will share his glory with no one. Is he the first place in my life? And if he is, guess what I'm able to do? Live like Christ, because I've been conformed to the image of the Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory which means there is no separation. I am one with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and that's what John invited us to in 1 John. 
to have fellowship, union with the God of the heaven and earth, the Son of the heaven and earth, and the Spirit of heaven and earth who created all things for themselves. He says, do you want to have partnered with that, Greg? Because I pray that the church would be one and understand who she is. And it is a posture that's to be in you, but only through the power of my spirit, through you seeking me and asking, seeking and knocking, and your willingness to let go of your old life and grab hold of the new. For you are a new creation in Christ. And this is the maturity of being a new creature in Christ. This is the new created life that he wants to call us into. It's not something we're just praying, I'm a new creature, and then live as an old one. Okay, that's not it. It's to go, I am a new creature before the foundations of the world. Well, I'm over the side. I was called to be a new creature in Christ. I started off with a wee problem. It was called sin and iniquity. I met Jesus. He dealt with that. He said, I set you free from that. Now live as you actually were before the beginning began. For I have a promise for you, not a problem. You're not a problem, child. I have a promise for you. You are an heir, a loved one, a son, a daughter. So just walk out. So when you get to the end, hey, hey, Here's the inheritance. Thank you very much. I did what you asked me to do. I only asked you to do by the powering and the leading of what you asked me to do. And I became Christ-like. And out of that, I did what you asked. So here's your reward, son. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue on into the new heaven and the new earth. Wow. I haven't even got to the main scripture. But I am. I'm preaching it. I need a break. Haven't been at the gym for a week and a half. <laughs> 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross through Him. I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. 21. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, formerly engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. This is the goal. This is the vision. He's going to present you as you are, but there's a work that needs to be done through the power of his word, yes? So he says you're holy and blameless, Ephesians, before. So by the time you get there, you've lived that out. He's qualified you. He's washed you. But there's a work out your salvation. So in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions have been transformed as your spirit was. Your body is living this out, and all you're waiting for is your glorified body which is going to take you into the next phase of your relationship with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Amazing. So you're walking out who you already are. Do you know who you are? Or you're still living as you're not? I don't know. Sometimes we seem to know more who we're not than who we are. I'm not that. Yes, you are that. No, I'm not that. Yes, you are that. No, I'm not. And we go like a flip-flop, which is an English version of a jandal. Flip-flops? I mean, we have jandals. What are they? It goes flip and flop. It's a flip-flop. They have to come and colonize you lot, you know? It's like... (laughs) Verse 23. See, this is a kicker, okay? 
So in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith, if you continue. If we want all, we've got to continue. We've got to run the whole race, not half a race, not just stay at the cross. If you continue, see, there's a working out of what already is. It's about being faithful. It's about being obedient to God, not just saying God loves me. It's about being faithful and obedient to that love, okay? Continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, even that, you could spend forever on that. Which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Proclaimed, it was spoken, it was prophesied. And of which I, Paul, was made a minister. So Paul was made a minister of the hope, the life of this gospel. What's contained in the works of what Jesus has accomplished. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit in which one prophesies what has been accomplished at Calvary, but ultimately before the beginning of the world. Jesus was before, was he not? He is the word. So all things at the beginning through the word, Jesus came into being. He was fulfilling what he already started. It was finished here though. So when he said it is finished, it was actually just, I'm fulfilling like I fulfilled the law, what was started before it began, for I was at the beginning with my father. I am the author of the story. I am the perfecter of faith to my story, and I've already finished it before it began. It's true prophecy, and it's the entire story for the church to know, come into continuously, and turn around and preach or share with the world. Who are we, Lord? Help us to see. Paul says, I was a minister of this very thing. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. I rejoice in my sufferings, my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh. I do share on behalf of his body, which is the Christ. So I'm playing my part in this. I'm playing my part, Paul's saying. I'm going through it. What for? For the church. Not just the Colossians, for us, which is the church, and filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God. So of this church, he's talked about, I was made a minister. I'm going to minister to the Father and minister to the church according to what has been given, the grace of God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the Word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations has been now been manifested to His saints. That word manifest, make actual and visible, realized, thoroughly understood. So there's a mystery that's been hidden that he declares into the atmosphere for the church to hear, understand, experience, come into, and live from. And it has been hidden from these guys. And these guys wanted to know, and they actually sought the Lord to say, when is the timing of when this is going to happen, Christ in you, the hope of glory? You see, Isaiah spoke about Christ before he was, did he not? Prophecy. Were there not 375 prophetic prophecies about Jesus coming and being Jesus? 
prophecy. Jesus is always foretelling the future so the church can get ready for what already is. So when it comes, she's not found out. She's made ready. She's living as the church. That is the mystery which has been hidden. See, it's hidden, concealed from the past age and generations, but has now been, now has been manifested to his saints. Are you the saints? To whom God willed to make known, God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So there's this manifestation of a reality that Paul is making known to the church. Tracking? To the saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. What is the riches of this mystery? Christ in you. It's the ability to live as he lived. To come into the richness, the riches of the life that's in Christ. Every mystery is hidden in Christ. Every wisdom of knowledge, every gold that Colossians 2, 2 to 4 talks about, that all things are in the Christ. Those are the riches. So if those things are being manifested in this heart and mind, what do you think one can live like? Do you think someone can take you out? Could they take Jesus out? Did Jesus not actually give his life? You become indestructible, not in you, in the victory that was won for you before the beginning of the world. You see, we've just been hoodwinked from the true identity of who we've been called to be. And we've taken this whole purpose, and because we've thrown out giftings that understand it, because we don't understand them or what they bring, and we have to have something we can understand and reduce it down to, to put it into a box that we can control, we've got no concept of who we're actually called to be before the foundations of the world. But God is reestablishing certain giftings in his house that his house would be built by God so we could actually come into who we've been called and chosen to be, which is not mere human beings, but ambassadors from another realm. And we have to hear this in our spirit, not intellectualize it in our minds, not try and understand what I'm saying in your mind. You'll never grasp, your mind will never grasp what I've said this morning. Only your spirit can grasp the capacity of what I'm saying. That is the place Jesus said of understanding, not the mind. The spirit will renew the mind to what it has received. Is that clear? And there is this abundant, overflowing, all-coming, conquering life, more than a conqueror. This is what these scriptures mean, guys. Okay, They're not just like little pithy statements. They're to be realized. I'm more than a conqueror. No demon, no offense, no peril, no sword. Nothing can separate me from God. For God is in me and being formed in me. And the Christ in me is the hope for everyone else. So not only is God glorified by the person who has this measure in them growing, people around them get the releasing and the abundance and the blessing of that. And a world looks to see and go, 
Who are you and who are you people? Man, you live and love and you're so different to me and you're so different to anything I've seen. You go, that's right, we're ambassadors from the kingdom of heaven. We may look different, we may dress the same, but we speak a language that you won't understand unless you know the one of the language called the Holy Spirit. For we'll say, you must be born again and you'll look and go, what? And we'll tell you about the future and you'll go, what? And then I'll finish with this. He just says these words. We proclaim him, Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ, holy and blameless. Here it is again. So he's laying his life down. Look, for this purpose, what purpose? To present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor. I'm in labor again until Christ is formed in you, Galatians 4.19, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. You see, if we're not living and doing our doing from that position, then we're doing it out of our flesh and our own strength. And this is why the first place posture of God is Christ in us, the hope of glory, which Paul had. He came into it. He continued to come into it. Hence, he's the one that writes it. And he says, what you see me doing all comes from Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not in me, gone the next. It's firmly being built in me. I get up with it. I go to bed with it. It's not help me in the moment. It's there all the time. Because I'm building, Jesus said, a church, and the gates of Hades do not overpower that church. So he lived from the constant life of Christ in him, and he said, that's the place I minister from in trying to present every man or woman complete in Christ. I want every single being in Christ to come into the life I'm in, hence I'm a minister of that life, hence I speak of it because I've received it. And then you're left with, what do you want to do about that? which is what I want to leave you with. We've had about 10 meals in one. We've got a lot to eat. <laughs> Sorry, I try to make this. I just can't. And I don't think I'm supposed to, to be honest. Because it's to wash us. The word washes. So Father, help us. Help us today, Lord. I pray that we would be apprehended by you, God. And I pray that we would seek you and that you would become our number one primary purpose. Father, this life is hidden and it's hidden for us, not from us. Lord, it's hidden for us. You've concealed yourself within yourself to test us, to see who really loves you. You love us and you've covered us, but you're looking to see who really loves you. Who really wants to fall in love with you? Who really wants to have you as the center and the epicenter of our lives? And to those you will reveal because you see the heart and the motive. You see the pursuit, the desire, and the hunger. I pray, God, if we're not there, if we're living for others, passionate about our stuff, I pray we'd repent today. That we've heard a word that would create a conviction, not a condemnation, but a conviction that would turn us by your power and would have us running like the father ran to the son, but we'd be running to you. 
You're so longing to show us who we are like the Father did to the Son and to state us, reinstate us into who we actually already are before we ever began. And so, Father, I thank you. And as you continue to preach this theme, Lord Jesus and Christ in us, I pray more and more of us would go deeper and deeper and deeper into the mysteries that are there to be revealed. And they would be in us, your Son, and our minds would see, ears would hear, hearts would receive all that you have prepared for those who love you. In Jesus' name, amen.